Today on the Spring Hills Podcast, Pastor Brett and Gerilyn Valentine join me in the green room. We're going to give you a little bit of an update on what's going on here at Spring Hills. We are very excited because things are starting to open back up. We had our first set of services this past weekend. Now we are outside on the lawn. We've got a really cool setup out there. We're going to be doing church out there, it looks like, for the whole summer. So come and join us. Normal service times. Check out springhills.org for more information. Now, if you aren't quite ready to join in person yet, don't worry. We will still have our live streams online. Again, you can go to springhills.org to find out when and where you can watch our live services. So that's still there for you. And then also today, we're going to be talking about Pastor Brett's message from this past weekend, which was week three of our series, The Church is Essential. He wrapped that up this weekend. He's starting a new one next week, so don't miss out on that. And also, Adventure Week's going on right now. You can check that out on our YouTube channel. We are on day four now, but don't worry if you missed the first few days. You can go back and watch the first three, and then, of course, they'll stay on our YouTube channel after this week is over. So if you've got kids, grandkids, friends, tell them about it. It's awesome. It's been so much fun. It's great that we were able to still bring Adventure Week to you, even though we weren't able to hold it on campus. So we're very excited about that. Go check that out. And now let's get to this conversation with Pastor Brett and Gerilyn Valentine. Thank you, Pastor Brett and Gerilyn, for coming in today. We're going to talk a little bit about um, the things that are going on here at the church and then also Pastor Brett's message from The Church is Essential Week 3. And uh, Brett, you focused a lot on encouragement and that church is a place to be encouraged. And I got to tell you, I was encouraged this weekend because (laughs) we got to see people. And, you know, last week we did the viewing parties, which was great. But, um, you know, this week having people on the lawn there while we're leading worship live instead of to cameras, you got to speak live instead of to cameras. Oh, that was so good. So I wanted to give uh, just kind of an update of the opportunities that we have for our church to be attending church or viewing church and Um, You know, just the things about the precautions we're taking. Yeah, so we are now the church online and the church on the lawn. So if you are more comfortable, given the COVID situation of not coming to, you know, a gathering like this, then that's great. Just watch it online. But if you're ready, you know, uh, come on out. We'd love to see you. Being outside, you know, it's easy to socially distance, uh, distance, socially distance. And we have masks if you want them, although fortunately with outside, if you can maintain that six foot barrier, you know, you're okay without the mask and you can sing out. So either online or on the lawn, we will see you. Right. Yeah. And it was really cool just to see the different opportunities that, um, that we had for people. Just We have the big tent. If you haven't seen it, um, we've got the big tent out on the lawn. And when we say big, uh, we mean big. It's huge. It covers that whole big lawn. And then we've got the stage up there, um, and you can spread out very easy. You had people sitting in their truck behind yeah. the tent, people over on the uh, on the ramp by cold storage. Um, so it was all over campus. It was great. We've got the speaker set up to where you can hear it everywhere. So um, so yeah, you can easily socially distance, and um, you know all the people doing the coffee got their gloves and, and masks and stuff on. So we're we're taking the precautions to to make sure that you can attend church safely. And it's cool, even though there's not a kids program being offered specifically for kids right now, I was really blessed by seeing families sitting together, seeing kids. I mean, even during your message, there was one time where you even acknowledged a baby that was crying. But I think that I used to take, you know, see that as just like, oh, we need everyone to calm down during the service. But it was encouraging to me to see kids just having a great time. Yeah, just come on out and have your own little family 
spot. Yes. You know, and bring your own chair. We do have some available if you don't if you don't remember, it's okay, but uh, bring your own chair and get your family together. And the well, families are bringing their lunch and their it, yeah, it was great. All that. So It was good. Yeah. We loved it. It was and so good to to lead music uh, with people. Which was great, yeah. And then also, since we don't have the kids program right now, but what's really cool is that's also online. Um, that's online every week. We've got them for all the ages, uh, the preschool, uh, jam-packed, which is first through fourth, and then club five, six. And students, um, John Knapp, the next-gen pastor, he's kind of, not kind of, he's compl- he's, front- he's heading that up and making sure we get all that content out to the kids so they don't miss out on church. And right now we also have Adventure Week going on, which is amazing. Um, My favorite right now is Adventure Week. I know I'm not uh, a little kid, but it's great. It's it's enjoyable for the parents. I got to say one of my, it's so fun that the kids each morning, uh, you know, it goes live at nine, uh, 9 a.m. each day this week, but you can watch the the episodes later on, um, on demand. And my kids are so stoked for it every day. They're the most focused I've seen them on something in the morning in a (laughs) while. So that's great to have them have something going on like that. So it's great. Um, but yeah, Adventure Week's going on for the next couple of days, and you can find all the past episodes. Uh, and when I say episodes, it's five episodes yes, this week, hour-long episodes. And so there's a storyline, there's Bible teaching, there's crafts, there's uh, there's music, there's challenges, and it's great. There's so much stuff on there. So check it out on the YouTube channel. Um, if you want uh, if you want your kids to have something fun to watch, just pick a team color and cheer for them and, and enjoy it. So... Um, and then this week, uh, this, or this past weekend, Pastor Brett, you finished up. The church is essential, and uh, your main theme was encouragement this weekend, um, which was great. I thought it was super fitting. Uh, and we decided last week that we compliment you a little too much on this podcast, so we're going to kind of dial that back. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I was liking that. I was enjoying that. <laughs> Every week we're like, man, his message was so great. So good. It was amazing. He, it's perfect. And then it's like, did you hear the message? Well, no, I didn't, but I know it was great. You know what else was... <laughs> You know what else was really great about this weekend was, you know, we had the one online, but then each service, you said something yeah. a little bit different because I you were stoked to again. have some people there. And yes, you were- yes. The extemporaneous speaker that I am, every message is going to be a little different. So yeah, <laughs> if you want to come to each service, uh, come check hang it out the whole day. Check it out. Sometimes that's because I get feedback like, don't say that and don't say that. <laughs> um, or, uh, you know, it just comes out differently. So. Right, right, right. Well, you started out with, um, you know, just the, I think it's Hebrews 10, 22, um, and draw near to God feeling there's sometimes you were, you were mentioning, I think you were, you were saying this as a, um, an example of something you'd gone through yourself, just feeling like you need to hide from God until you get your life together. Um, but drawing near to God, that's not, that's not how it works. Um, so drawing near to God, let's kind of focus on that a little bit first. Um, and just give your thoughts on that. Maybe Gerilyn, uh, or Brett, if you want to start, you can. Yeah. Well, um, the idea is that the church is essential because it is the place for encouragement and life, you know, we're in a very discouraging time. I mean, this is probably in thinking about it, one of the most discouraging times I can remember with COVID-19, uh, and then all the uh, the racial tension and the death of George Floyd, and, and you know, and then followed up by another one in Atlanta. Uh, yeah, you, that happened like Friday night or something. Yeah, right? it was like crazy. So, you know, the whole country is tense. I mean, the whole country is going through a difficult time. So, where do you go for encouragement in the midst of all that? And that's where the church 
exists to be a place where you can connect with God, connect with each other, build each other up, um, pray for one another, love one another, all of that kind of thing. So, yeah, the first point that I brought out was that at the church, uh, that's the place where you can draw near to God, which maybe you'd say that's the most important encouragement there is, draw near to God. And I pointed out that for me, early on in my Christian life, I didn't feel like I could draw near to God. Mm -hmm. And it was because I thought my life needed to be you know, I needed to be a lot more holy than I was to draw near to God. I needed to have, uh, be on the right track, have the right motives, the right heart, the right attitude. I sort of put myself under, you know, keeping the law so that I could approach God, which, you know, biblically in the Old Testament, that's true. You really, you, no one can approach God, but through Jesus we can. And so in verse 22, you know, let us draw near to God, having your heart sprinkled, uh, and uh, washed with water and a clear conscience, it's Jesus that enables you to come to God. And so I want to, I need to remind people of that every week, right? Because I'm probably not the only one that feels like they can't draw near to God. Um, but if I remind them of the gospel and how now there's an invitation, mm-hmm. uh, and it's in that presence with God through the worship and through Scripture that we really will find our hearts encouraged. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think the whole uh, just tangibility too of experiencing God with other people is the biggest push for this is what I need to do. Like you said, not just once a week, but on a daily basis, my motivation to do that and just my belief that that is going to help encourage me is supercharged by the communal experience on the weekend because it's so easy to text someone, hey, make sure you, you know, connect with God today. Make sure that you go to God for encouragement today. But I think coming together on the weekend and experiencing worshiping him side by side with others and really being reminded that we're not alone and not even just, you know, we're not physically alone, but we're, all, we're not alone in the things that we are wrestling with in the discouragement that we feel. Um, you can't, it, yeah, you really can't replicate that online. Uh, I think. Um, I love that supercharge. Uh, how'd you say it? Uh, you have Just a the way. desire to connect, <laughs> to go to God for encouragement. That's great. Yeah, because we need it every day. We need to right. draw near to God every day. And then right. on the weekend, we're all together. Right. And that is like a supercharge to kind of, you know, like somebody who's, pushing you and you're, you know, on a cart and they're just giving you a good push Yes. Uh, or the wind at your back. It's a, uh, it's a great way to move into your week. And then by the time we get to the end of the week, we're ready for another push, right. another charge. <laughs> uh, and God's, God's made it that way. So right. that mm-hmm. when the family of God's together, it has that multiplying effect. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's really yeah. true. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, um, that's, Great, great analogy. I there's some things just over the last three months, just having um, each family, each person dealing with their own stuff, and um, I've seen a couple different times. I kind of have the tendency to all isolate myself when I'm dealing with something, um, which is not. I don't. It's it's more out of like a um, not out of like embarrassment or shame, but more of out of I don't want to inconvenience other people with my trials or whatever I'm going through, and. Um, you know, there's, there was just certain times where it's, it was like, I, I held this into myself. And then finally it was like, I can't do this by myself anymore. And I start to just break down. And then I have, you know, the band in here and they're praying for me and they're encouraging me and we're encouraging each other. And it's like, it is like the wind at your back, kind of like, Oh good. Okay. I'm not trying to just like 
drag myself along now. I've got people right. helping me, you know, carry me along. And the and, invitation too, when you look at the book of Hebrews. So the book of Hebrews is written to Hebrew Christian, Jewish Christians, and it's filled with explanations of Old Testament types. It's an explanation of how Jesus fulfills those types. Um, and when you when you look at the Old Testament, uh, you see like when Moses received the law on Mount Sinai, how a fearful moment that was, the mountain was billowing in smoke and fire and there was an earthquake and, and uh, God told Moses, don't allow the people c- to come up, tell Aaron not to come up here because if he does, I will break out on them. And so you see this um, uh, fearful, no one can come into the presence of God. Uh, only the high priest and the you know in the tabernacle could go into the holy of holies once a year. And so what what Hebrews is arguing is that Jesus is the fulfillment of those Old Testament types. And now the way to God has been opened up through His blood. And if you're a Hebrew Christian, you know I mentioned it was hard. It, Early on in my Christian life, it was hard for me to draw near to God when I felt like I was sinning. Um, the Hebrew Christians would really have a hard time with that. But he goes out of his way, the writer does, to show how uh, now the way's been opened. Now, you know, the curtain that divided the holy place from the holy of holies has been torn asunder through the death of Christ. Yeah, the law, law, you know, we don't measure up to the law, but Jesus kept it. And then he offered himself the perfect law-keeping Son of God, offered himself for us on the cross. So now in him, through him, we come in. Uh, so, you know, we encourage each other, but it's like we, we, uh, we have to understand the gospel and what it, what it says to us, you know, intellectually, I don't know how you say it, doctrinally, and, and get our heads around that rather than just approaching God on emotions all the time. I feel like I can come. I don't feel like I'm worthy. I feel this. I feel that. Um, so yeah, I think you you're, you had a quote. You said, um, you'll never you'll never have the confidence to draw near to God if it's based on how you're doing. Right. Yeah, that's good. And that's, uh, I mean, just the, the encouragement to um, draw near to God. If I'm, yeah, if we're all looking at what we're doing, mm-hmm. <laughs> none of us are going to be able to do that. Like no. if it's based on that. Yeah. I love that detail. I think that's my favorite detail of the narrative of Christ's death is the fact that the curtain tore when that happened. Yes. And just this idea, it seems to me like such a dramatic moment, like in the movies when you see someone tearing a piece of paper and it symbolizes something so dramatic in that moment that the person who's tearing it is making a huge statement. And it's like God tore, you know, just this necessity of establishing a very clear physical separation that indicates to us the spiritual separation that we experience by being dead spiritually. And we cannot interact with a holy living God when we're spiritually dead. So Christ's death, taking that curtain and just ripping it in half, I think is so powerful. Opening the way. You know, mm-hmm. We have access to mm-hmm. God now. So mm-hmm. draw near to him mm-hmm. and he will draw near to you. It says in uh, James chapter four, draw near to God. He'll draw near to you. And, um, and in the book of Ephesians, it says that now both Jew and Gentile through the cross have access to God, you know, in one body, through one spirit. And uh, that that's the basis of our worship. That's the basis right. of the church being together is that we now have this access to God. Right. 
And so that's what, you know, the worship is trying to point us that way. And the message is pointing, the scriptures are pointing us that way because that's the source of encouragement yeah. is God's presence. To encourage one another is to get the focus onto God. Um, the, yeah, how you put that there. Psalm 18, you went to Psalm 18, uh, 28 and 29. Um, For it is you who light my lamp, the Lord my God, lightens my darkness. For by you I can run against the troop, and by my God I can leap over a wall. Um, what that's a great it's a great visual, right? Uh, just having God be drawn closer to God to encourage one another to get the focus onto God. Get your focus onto God. He's your encouragement. He's your strength. He's what's uh, the one that's going to be pulling you along and pushing you along, or the wind at your back. Yeah, because sometimes we think of okay, we're to encourage one another. So what do I do? How do I do that? Hey, good job. Yeah, right. Good job. <laughs> or Jerry, you sounded great on that song. Or, or which gee, is nice to hear. Gee, you look nice today. Yeah, and all those all those words are really nice. Uh, but I think if you go deeper in what encouragement is, it's pointing people. Uh, to who God is. That, that's really encouragement. Like you need to know his grace is big enough right. for you and that his love is deep enough for you. That goes so much deeper. And the church fellowship needs to be about, like guys, that's what David is saying, you know, by my God, I can run against a troop and I can leap over a wall by my God. So if you come away from church going, you know, by God, I'll get through this week. I'll leap over whatever struggle I have and I'll face whatever troop army I'm dealing with. Right. Then that's a good church service. If all you if you walk away and you go, "Gee, I'm a nice guy. Somebody said that, you know? You're a nice guy. You're funny or whatever." Um that's good, mm-hmm. but it, it it needs to go deeper. Mm-hmm. That reminds me uh years ago when I was leading here uh leading worship here on a regular basis. I used to make the excuse that I didn't, I shouldn't go out in between services and interact with the people because they would think I was just arrogant and just Mm. wanting them to, you know, compliment me. And a lot of times, most of the conversations I had, it was, you know, you sounded amazing and I feel really uncomfortable in moments like that sometimes. And I I don't get that you sound amazing. (laughs) (laughs) But, (laughs) but I, um, I would consistently make the excuse that, oh, I shouldn't go out there. And I justified it as like, well, that people are thinking that I'm just, you know, looking for people to give me praise. But we had a guest worship leader come um, and I can't remember his name, but he called me out on it. He came multiple times. And the second time he came, he said, I noticed that in between the biggest gap of services, you either leave or you stay backstage the whole time between the service. And there's like a 45 minute gap. So why do you do that? I was like, oh, well, I, you know, I, uh, I'm kind of introverted and I <laughs> recharge by myself and I want to make sure I can lead worship for the next service. And I don't want to, you know, and he was like, no, this is about the people. This is about you, you as a worship leader, a huge part of your responsibility in that role is to go and to interact with the people, not just to be encouraged by them, but to encourage them as well. And that's been something that I have missed so much because ever since I've been here in this role now, years later, it's been a priority for me to get out there in between services and interact with people as much as possible. And yes, you have the moments where there's surface level encouragement or I'll point out that I love someone's shoes and that's, <laughs> that's great. But the encouragement goes so much farther than that. Every single time I'm like, oh my word, I needed to hear that. Somebody told me that and that is going to supercharge my worship leading in the next service. I needed that. So 
I think I missed that. And it was so nice to have that again this weekend, this past wow. weekend. Yeah, I, I can't tell you how much I missed the the few people. There's there's people every service that, I mean, there's people that attend the same service every week. They sit in the same spot. Mm-hmm. Um, and then there's a couple services where I have a couple people, every service, they'll come up and say hi to me. And sometimes it's literally just, hey, how's it going? Just wanted to say hi. And then <laughs> they leave. And it's like, I actually, I emailed some of the families that, 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 I, that I'm used to seeing every week. And I said, I miss you guys. I can't wait mm, till we're back cool. at this and you can, I can see you again and say hi. And I didn't really notice how much I missed that. But, um, yeah, it's, it's sometimes it's hard to make that a priority too, because you're maybe not feeling well. It's, it's a long weekend and you're like, Oh, I don't have the energy to go out there. And even sometimes, I mean, this might sound weird, but have the energy to accept those compliments. Like you're just kind of like, Oh, thank you. Yeah, thanks. But you're just like, I just need to go recharge or something. It's it's not easy to do, but you realize like that's uh, that's what it's about. So. Well, you know, people I are so substantive too in the yeah. conversations. It's an assumption that I had. You know, I didn't uh, I didn't make a big point of it on the weekend, but I'm thinking about it now. <laughs> a week late. Uh, thinking about now that uh, let us draw near to God, and let's say if if encouragement comes when we get a bigger vision of who God is in our circumstances, you know, like through the worship, through the word. Um, If people are directing us uh, in our interactions more towards him uh, and we leave with that vision of God's greatness, uh, that one of the, one of the best ways we can do that is if we can pray with people, Mm. you know, like, I mean, that's encouragement at church. Somebody shares a need or just somebody, hey, can I pray for you right now? Can right. I just, can we just together draw near to God and acknowledge him and bring him in directly to this situation? That is, that is encouragement at church. Right. Um, and it's a little bit difficult now because we've even talked, can we have a prayer group now because we have to keep distant and all that, all that. And, um, I guess if we just pray louder and stay a little distant, I don't know. This whole thing is is has been a trial for us. But you know, praying with somebody, drawing near to God with them is great. Yeah, uh, Brett, you had this uh, after this. Just I'm going along in my notes here. Um, you had a quote that says a friend is someone who pushes you near to God, and then you said, "I like that." <laughs> and I wanted that. <laughs> I want to make that a new uh, segment where we just have you. We say things, and you just either say "I like that" or "I don't like that." Yeah, and that's it. So, but yeah, a friend is someone who pushes you near to God. I like that. Brett does that um, anyways. It's, I, I love it. I like that. Yeah, um, I can't even remember who the quote. Well, I can. I can remember it was a seminary professor. Can't say his name right now, but uh, when he said it years ago, when I was in seminary, I wrote it down because that to me is is encouragement. Yeah pushing you nearer to God, uh, or even just telling you, you know what, you can come nearer to God right now, and let me go nearer to God with you. Right. Now let's look at this scripture. Let's yeah. pray together, or let's, yeah. So It made me think throughout my life, like the people in my life, who are those people that are pushing me nearer to God, and then who are the ones that, I mean, you kind of learn this when you're a kid, the, the friends that you have around you um, are going to be the, you know, that's you're going to be who you're hanging out with, that kind of thing, and who you have to separate yourself from. And I started to think about that just with myself now. It's just like the, uh, am I that friend? Am I the friend yes. that's pushing you nearer to God? And am I, is, is that my role in people's lives? Or am I the one that's, uh, I mean, I, I don't, I'd like to think that I'm not the one that's dragging people. Pushing people away, away from <laughs> God. Yeah. Um, do that. But am I the, the one pushing people nearer to God? Mm-hmm. 
got me thinking about that. Well, and even mature Christians who have been walking with the Lord for years, we, I think, become, not we as in I'm one of them, but <laughs> those people become forgetful about the fact that we can come to God with no shame. I think that subconsciously, yes. even yes. someone who's been walking with God for many years can have an experience where it's like, I feel ashamed to come before him. And you just kind of self-deceive yourself that I'm not, you know, I, I shouldn't come. I can't do that. I know who he is and I know how broken I am. But then being with people in church, in person, and just friends in general who are willing to point you to say, hey, no, you, there is no shame in people who have accepted what Christ has done for us. We need those little reminders regardless of how long we've been walking with the Lord. Yeah, the phrase in uh, verse 22 that is so good um, or excuse, yeah, 22, he says, draw near. And he says, uh, with a true heart in full assurance. Mm -hmm. And then you see, I, I didn't go into in depth, uh, in Hebrews chapter 4, there's another invitation in 4.16, Hebrews 4.16, let us then with confidence, uh, some translations, let us boldly, that'd be another, that'd be a good one. So full assurance, boldly, with confidence. That's the idea because of what Jesus finished. I mean, that that honors God, and that's how you should come. Is it Second Timothy, the spirit of, not a spirit of timidity, but a spirit of boldness? Like, yes. this is what I have given yes. you is the ability to bring this posture towards me. Yes, yes. But people need to be encouraged to do that, right? Right, yeah. And, but they need to know the basis. Right. You know, the new the new covenant, the, the death of Christ, the shed blood of Christ. That's the basis. So come on in. Mm -hmm. Wow. Yeah. Um, you had this. This was uh, something that stuck out to me a lot. Then it's ironic considering the uh, what the quote is. Um, but the the guy that wrote the letter to the editor, um, yeah. I thought this is so a great good. great story. And whoever the guy is that responded to it, good for him because that was a great response. Um, but what he said was uh, he wrote this guy wrote a letter to the editor um, at a newspaper and said that basically said that he didn't he felt like him attending church for the past thirty years was pointless because. He didn't remember any of the sermons <laughs> and that the pastor's preaching the sermons. It's pointless for them to be working on that. It's a waste of time, I think, is the, the way he says it. Um, and then uh, you said it kind of sparked some controversy with the yeah. people writing <laughs> in. And then finally, just the um, the nail on the head uh, was the guy that responds and says, you know, I've been married for 30 years and uh, <laughs> I can't remember for the life of me any of the menus of my the meals my wife has cooked me over those 30 years. But In I know, exhaustive detail. Yeah, but I know that they gave me the nourishment that I needed to get my job done and to be able to do that. And it's the same way spiritually. Had I not eaten those meals that my wife cooked me, I would have been physically dead. And if I'm not um, spiritually fed, uh, I'd be spiritually dead. And you'd mentioned this, Brett. You said, I think, uh, you know, the spiritual meals, and I think you said three times a day. Um, <laughs> yes. And uh, it made me kind of think, though, there's a there's a lot of people, and I got to admit, I was one of these people for a while. How, how do we feed ourselves every day when we only have church services, you know, once a week? Um, so the first century church, I think you had said they met every day. Um, so how do we do that? Church once a week? Is there church service every day that we do? Uh, how do we get the spiritual food that we need more often? Yeah, you got to you got to carve out some time every day for spiritual feeding, right? Um, and that I think that's the biggest challenge. People are so distracted. You know, you get up, you know, you, you check your email, your phone, you got a text message, you see an article you're interested in, and <laughs> you start reading it, and then there's a YouTube video that 
you remembered you wanted to watch. And, and now then, you're mad. At and the then YouTube you got to get ready for work and then you're gone and then you get home and you eat and then you start to get tired and then it's over. Yeah. So there's got to be a carving out of time for spiritual food where you're not distracted. You're, you, you, and I'm, you know, I, I'm guilty of this, but you can't take your phone with you. I do a lot of my study on the computer, which is bad because I, I, I multitask like crazy. So I'll go over and check an email or check my calendar on the day. And it's just, if you could just take your Bible and uh, go to a quiet place with no electronics and ask God to speak to you, you know, as you read through, and I like to have people read through a whole book of the Bible, like Hebrews, just read, you know, all 13 chapters of Hebrews. That'd be great for you to do. Uh, and that's your daily time with God and really ponder it and think about it. Uh, anyway, it, time, that's the big one. And Or more, maybe it's more distraction, you know, just to be able to commune with God, but to, to feed, to feed. I like what somebody told me a long time ago, no Bible, no breakfast. You know, I like that because the like Bible that. is your breakfast. I like that. Yeah. I mean, uh, how are you feeding yourself? Right. Spiritually. So yeah. The, I mean, big the, thing. the other thing, small groups and uh, serving on a team here at church with, with people yes. around you. And, and again, it's being around people that are pushing you nearer to God is, um, I mean, it's so vital to it. But yeah, the spiritual feeding every day we notice in our family, just if, um, if we I, this sounds terrible, but sometimes we forget to pray with each other for a few days. Yes, and like, yes. it's just, it just doesn't happen for a few days. And both of us are like, man, that's been a rough few days and we haven't been praying together. And then it's like, we know, we know that if we're starting our day off that way and not with looking at, you know, social media and something irritating us or being discouraged by something, um, if we're starting off our day with being spiritually fed, it always is a better way to start your day off or your mm-hmm. week off or whatever it is. Mm-hmm. Um, and we, just, I can't believe that we don't go to that all the time, but mm. yeah. Well, and so much of what we consciously believe is like pre-programmed, like a lot of the things, the thoughts that you have, the gut reactions to things that happen in your life, the ways that you're going to react to that is not like a conscious choice in the moment. It comes from what has already happened, what you've already conditioned your soul to, to think and believe. And there's all kinds of studies that show like somebody needs to hear and really sort of marinate on a concept like seven or eight times before it's something that they're even capable of knowing whether or not they believe it mm-hmm. in a way that's like going to integrate it into their, who they are. And you, that's why people read the Bible over and over and over again. Even someone who has read the Bible cover to cover delights in the opportunity to read it again. Cause you get some of these concepts so that they're just, it's like muscle memory. They're just right. programmed into the way that you navigate the rest of your day. So the idea that we don't need that on a daily basis, you just limit the the growth that you can experience spiritually that will make your life so much better mm-hmm. if you don't, you know, miss out on that opportunity. I love that uh, word marinate. That's good because I, I like to marinate chicken. It's so much better. <laughs> uh, it's, it tastes so, it, it, but it takes, if you, there's quick, there's 30 minute marinade now. And it, it, it's not as good. No, no. It, it looks great on the package. Caitlin right? marinated chicken for like a day and a half in something. Yeah, like, that's the way to do it. And that's the way to do it. And I told her, I was like, this is the best chicken you've ever uh, yeah, made. Yeah. So, yeah. so there's no quick marinade. And in scripture, the corresponding word is meditate. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Meditate. Mm-hmm. 
Um, we've lost that, yeah. you know, because some people they just want to get through their devotion or eat their meal fast. Well, we want quick results. Yeah. That quick 30 results. minute analogy is great too. Cause it's like, I feel discouraged if I had my quiet time and then my day's bad. I'm like, what? You know, yeah, my day right. should have been awesome. I had my quiet time today. And it's like, no, <laughs> the product of, you know, the results of that quiet time are things that you might not see for days, you know, like the, the results are not that quick. That's not something you can yeah, observe we're very, that quickly. We want to well, do everything fast. It's like training for something. You're not going to, if you want to train for a 5k as we, a lot of the staff right now, we're all doing this 5k deal. <laughs> and um, how's that going? By the way, <laughs> I think everybody had a rough week, <laughs> but honestly, it's been really good. You um, could run a 5k right I ran now. a 5k on the to, first day. Yeah. Uh, I was going to say, you don't need to do it. I started aiming for the 10k, but um, just training for it. It's like, you're not, if you just went out there, on the first day and expected to be able to just go out and do it without right. ever training for anything. Now I've been playing basketball and stuff. So running and cardio, that wasn't something I'd been out of the habit of doing. But like, if I just go out and play basketball for the first time in three months or whatever, there's no way that I'm going to be, it's like my, I mean, my feet are going to be a little slow. It's just going to be, I'm going to have to get back into shape. It takes time. I can't expect just to go out there all of a sudden everything's good. Or if you right. want to train or learn how to do something, you can't just go, Hey, I'm going to spend, you know, 30 minutes doing this and I'm going to be a master at it. And everything's going to be <laughs> great, quick results. No, it's not how it works. Um, but training spiritually as well. I mean, that, that's why you yeah, need to do it. Memorize some scripture. That would be, there's good, there's good memory programs online. You know, you can, verses that you could print out that you're going to memorize. And that's a great way to meditate. Just memorize scripture. You know, and as, as the day draws near, uh, it says there in uh, in 1025, as the day draws near, we need to encourage each other all the more. So memorizing scripture is a good way to prepare for the day drawing near. I mean, memorizing it because you never know uh, when you're just going to need some comfort from God's word. A lot of times if I go to sleep and I'm anxious, I'll uh, start reciting scriptures that I know. <clears throat> I try to recite as many as I can, and next thing I know, I'm 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 asleep. Uh, but it's amazing how many passages get in your, you know, get in your heart as you marinate on them, meditate <laughs> on them, memorize them. Three M's: mm-hmm, uh, marinate, memorize, <laughs> and meditate. I like that. I like I that. Like that. <laughs> I like that. We got to find something that Brett's going to be like, I don't like that. I know. Right? I don't. Like <laughs> I that. hate that. Um, I wanted to share with you, uh, you know, uh, my quote of the weekend, which was, uh, we have some good days. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. I didn't want it to be so. Yeah, I think heavy. it was 815. You were, yeah, like, you were yeah. talking like, look, it's not going to get any less crazy. It's yeah. just gonna, we, I mean, we have some good days. <laughs> yeah, I was trying to point out the need for encouragement. It's like, look all that's going on. And pretty soon, you know, I'm giving the message and I'm like, Man, this is one big downer right now. You know? <laughs> yeah, so, I, yeah, we have some good days. Did you? Was there anything um, that stuck out to you that you shared on the weekend live that you didn't share on the uh, the video sermon that you'd like to point out? Um, you know, I uh, I went into on the video sermon. I think um, uh, no, I didn't. You know, I did the video sermon twice. Right. And the first time I did it, uh, the feedback was, you know, we've heard you talk about that quite a bit. So I left it out. It was the one another's, the one another's. And, you know, when you're giving a, when you're giving a sermon, you, you, you try to balance not spending too much time on one thing. It's, it's, it's difficult sometimes. Right. But uh, I'd love to do a series on that because that describes some of the encouragement we can be to one another. 
uh, the greet one another, uh, which is a simple thing. Just, you know, greet one another. Uh, Socially hi. distanced, say, of course. Yeah, you know, say hi. I mean, look somebody in the eye, say hi to them. How many times have you come into a room and nobody greets you? They're yeah. looking down on their phone and, you know, are they? It, it's, it's a simple thing. Bear one another's burdens. We could do a whole sermon on that. Uh, you know, serve one another. Serve one another. Oh, wow. When was the last time I really thought about, I want to serve you? You know, serve one another. And, of course, admonish one another and rebuke one another, teach one another, pray for all these one another's. Probably, um, you know, I couldn't spend a lot of time on those. I just sort of started reciting them like I'm doing now. But you could really dig into that mm-hmm. as the way that we encourage each other. If there's one thing that's common about them, it's very other-centered stuff. Mm-hmm. It's thinking about the other person. And right. when we're all doing that, everybody gets encouraged. Right. Uh, well, any final thoughts? The, the series is over. The church is essential. Um, and I think you hit that I think you hit the uh, hit that point, Brett. The church is essential. Good. I think you got so it. Good. Um, but yeah, any other thoughts, Geraldine or Brett, uh, that you wanted to share before we move on? No, I'm excited that uh, things are beginning to open up around, you know, do you think it was because of your sermons? I'm thinking I'm thinking so. Each week I prayed that COVID would be eradicated from the earth, I think is how I prayed. And I'm still praying that way for the eradication of COVID. Uh, <laughs> I know. like that. Yeah, I like that. Uh, but no, I you know, I, I hope I hope that the people listening, the people in our church don't get out of the habit of coming to church because of as I said in the sermon, you know, listening to it in the background on your computer while you're in your jammies making breakfast. That just, that's not going to cut it long term because... I was even listening to it today <laughs> as I was getting all the stuff together for our team night tonight. <laughs> and I had to like keep rewinding it because I just start thinking of something else while I'm yeah. listening to Plus it. Plus you can't do the one another's through right. an online service, yeah. you know. So um, I hope that we all feel deeply about... The church, right, uh, and the uh, and encouraging one another. Yeah, and you know what? We've got our our outdoor auditorium uh, set up for the summer, so it's going to be. Uh, it's yeah, gonna, we're going to be doing this outside. It's, it's great. It's good. It's awesome. Um, and don't worry, plenty of shade. Uh, so Brett, where are you going from here? We got a new series starting this next weekend. Yeah, so a new series called "I Need a Miracle," and I've been digging into it uh, this week. Um, I'm going to take John five, the man who was. Uh, sitting by the pool of Bethsaida for 38 years, hoping to be healed. And Jesus comes along and he says to him, do you want to be healed? And then he goes into how he can't get into the water and all that. Um, But I want to talk about when Jesus is present, anything can happen. I mean, he shows up. This guy, this uh, layman, 38 years at the pool, hoping to get in, they believe that uh, the first one in after the angel stirred the water, first one in after that would be healed. Mm-hmm. And this guy never could get in, uh, paralyzed, uh, no resources, no friends. I mean, he he, came, he pictures our state and condition in our sin. Uh, but uh, then Jesus comes along to this guy. It would have been a normal day of just not being able to get in the water. Jesus comes along and everything changes. Everything changes that moment. And so Jesus says, you know, wherever two or three are gathered, uh, there I am in their midst. So do we realize that when we gather and Jesus is in the midst that anything can happen? Right. Are we living that way? 
So I need a miracle. We'll kick it off with that miracle and try to draw on, you know, application for our own lives. Sweet. Sounds good. All right. Well, uh, thank you guys for coming in today. Um, we're going to be starting that new series off this weekend. And again, you can attend church with us uh, on Saturday night at 530, Sunday morning, 815, 930 and 1115. Um, or you can catch it online as usual. It will be on the live stream or on demand uh, on YouTube as well. So you can go to springhills.org or download the free Spring Hills app to find out more about where you can watch, when you can watch. Um, and all those kinds of things. So, And also, uh, again, if you have kids, check out Adventure Week on the Spring Hills YouTube channel. Uh, there's a lot of great stuff on there, so be sure to look at that. All right, have a great week.